Find Your Dream Job, the podcast that helps you get hired, have the career you want, and make a difference in life. I'm your host, Mac Pritchard. I'm also the founder of Max List. It's a job board in the Pacific Northwest that helps you find a fulfilling career. One of the best ways to get good at job hunting is to talk to people who do it well. That's why once a month, I interview a MaxList reader who found a job they love. Our guest today is Elizabeth LaTanner. She's a principal communications consultant at Portland General Electric. In a story you can find on the MaxList website, Elizabeth says she got her dream job because of the power of relationships and networking. Elizabeth, why do you love your job? I love my job because I get to work for a values-oriented company that provides an essential service to its customers while working on some of the most important issues like climate change that we face today. And I work with a really dynamic team of talented individuals. Well, let's talk about your job search. What was the biggest challenge you faced? Well, I came to Portland from Washington, D.C., and um, it was a brand new city to me. And so I had a lot of a lot of things to learn, both about the, the landscape of opportunity, building relationships, kind of building community and friendships. And so I was starting really from ground zero and needed to build from there. And so one of the biggest challenges was introducing myself to this community and trying to get in front of the right people so when the right opportunity became available, I could compete for that job. And how did you do that, Elizabeth? I mean, Washington, D.C. is 2,000 miles away. Sure. and. Um, and we have lots of listeners who are in one city and want to move to another. How did you get in front of the right people? My strategy was to start with my existing network and community in Washington, D.C., um, and I worked on Capitol Hill in my previous position. And through that, got to know people who worked for Senator Merkley, Senator Wyden, Congressman Blumenauer, and from there, uh, helped leverage their contacts on the ground here in Portland to start building out my network. And so I think it's really important for job seekers to think about who it is they already know and have relationships with, and then ask those folks folks uh, to see who it is they might know in the city where they're trying to move. Yeah, the three people you mentioned are all members of Congress from Oregon. So you knew people in those offices or perhaps even the members themselves and and you started there. I started uh, there. Did you have other con- people you knew in your home city that, or rather in Washington, D.C., who knew people in Oregon? I had a few people from my network. I went to the University of Notre Dame, and I think the kind of the power of the college alumni network is something that has been very helpful to me throughout my career. And so I tried to look through uh, my fellow alumni contacts as well as the people I was already connected with on LinkedIn and kind of in, on Facebook to see who I knew who lived in Portland or Oregon? Did I go to high school with anyone? Did I know anyone through um, college or other affiliations and started to um, do my outreach from there? So some listeners might say, well, Elizabeth, you work for a U.S. senator. You, you have great contacts, but I don't know anybody. What, what would you say to someone like that? I would say that it's still important to think about kind of your family, your friends, the communities you already have, whether that's where you went to school or an activity you love, um, like an, you know, a 
recreational sport you play or kind of thinking about who you might know from different experiences in your life who might live in a city and then asking them. The worst thing they can do is say they don't know anyone, but um, you'll never know if you don't ask. And so getting in touch with those kind of friends, family, friends of family connections and asking if they have anyone kind of in their networks who they think might be helpful for you to meet with. My mom's college roommate and her husband live out here and um, are very kind of well connected in the nonprofit community. They opened a lot of doors. And so it's a matter of kind of getting creative beyond your existing professional network uh, to really think about who are the people who I can get in front of. And even if it's just sort of grabbing a cup of coffee and meeting an interesting person and they don't necessarily know about a specific job opportunity, at least you're starting to build a better network in your new community. Well, let's talk about once you made those lists, you started reaching out to people. What was the ask, Elizabeth? I asked um, for a few minutes of folks' time to sit down to learn about kind of their their background, their career, and to receive any advice they may be able to offer about my search. I want to be respectful of people's time and very specific about what I was looking for. And in my um, transition out to Portland, I wanted to get out of the field of politics and into the nonprofit or values-driven private sector. And so my questions for everyone I met with were not only getting to know them because I feel like you can learn so much from people's stories, but also asking them who is on their radar and what organizations, what organizations are doing really exciting work, nonprofit, private sector. I've been really impressed by company XYZ because they've been doing this in the community. Or I recently met with this person and they're on my radar because I think they're a rising star and they'd be a really great teammate to work with. And so those specific questions helped me identify the companies and the people who I wanted to work with or I hope to work with someday. And what did success look like when you walked away from those conversations, whether they were by phone or Skype or in person? Was it getting the the kinds of facts that you just described, or were you looking for other things too? Um, I was looking for additional contacts. I really treated it as as whenever I met with someone, I had a, a specific ask for two or three other people who they would recommend that I continue to speak with, and I tried to be very uh, deliberate about continuing to fill my schedule with these informational conversations. I had dozens of them. Um, But I also wanted to get on my radar um, organizations that I couldn't find through, say, internet searches or um, kind of regular news coverage. I wanted to know if there were under-the-radar organizations or companies who were doing good work that I hadn't been exposed to yet. What was really interesting as part of my conversations, I got um, kind of a view into the B Corp community, which is very lively and vibrant here in Portland, and I think a very neat um, community that probably wouldn't have been on my radar because a lot of those organizations are really small. Uh, And so that was a really neat thing that came out of my informational conversations. And I know in your article, you mentioned that you did 125 of these meetings uh, over the course of four months. That's about eight appointments a week. So that's a lot of research. And I, uh, what did, in the end, how did that help you get the job you have today? It was, it was a lot. And I will say that um, it, it certainly kept me very busy, but I really appreciated when I found the opportunity that I ended up taking at Portland General Electric. I had a good network of people who I knew had either previously worked with or alongside PGE or had some affiliation with Portland General Electric who I could 
bounce some ideas off of and say, hey, do you know the team that this person would work with? If so, what are your impressions? Um, I'm thinking of applying. Do you think there are any um, really interesting challenges I should address? Um, And as I was trying to make the transition, one of my other challenges was talking about my government and political experience in a way that made sense to corporate America. And the network that I was able to build and the conversations I was able to have, especially with fellow communicators, I think very, very much helped me in having a better interview with Portland and General Electric because I was able to talk about my experience in a way that I thought applied better to a company rather than a politician. So to be clear, you didn't know anyone inside Portland General Electric when you started your search. Correct. You had these conversations, and and then because of them, you eventually met a number of people who either worked inside the organization or knew people who did. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Portland General Electric hadn't been on my radar, um, which I think is kind of the neatest thing about my story is the more I learned about the company and kind of its mission and how it serves its customers. And then when I went through the interview process, I was so impressed with the people I was interviewing with. And I, um, you know, when you go into an interview, they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them and whether or not you want to join that team. And I knew I wanted to be a part of that team. So you were able to get insights into what mattered to Portland General Electric when you put together your application materials because you'd created that network uh, and you started building it before you even moved here. Yes. Okay. Um, And then once you got uh, the interview, I think one of the challenges that many people face is they want to switch sectors like you did. You were working in politics. You wanted to move into business. How did you persuade uh, the people you met with that your skills were transferable? I think a lot of the ways that I was able to articulate how my skills would translate is in some of those kind of situational questions that you get in an interview. If you were faced with a crisis communications problem or tell me about a time when you had to deal with um, issue management or um, something that kind of didn't go your way. I had plenty of examples of that from my experience in politics, and I was able to then kind of tie it up with a bow at the end and say, this is how I would apply the, you know, that particular situation or the lessons learned to work at PGE. Um, and I feel like being able to articulate how it is that you work for an elected official and how that translates in working for a company or a brand or an organization is something that you get better at over time, which I feel like my 125 conversations allowed me kind of to hone my story and how I was translating those skills that then better prepared me for those those interview questions. Um, and so I think in a lot of ways, practice makes perfect in in trying to articulate how, how it is you want to transfer your skills from one sector to another. So those informational interviews allowed you to kind of road test yes. uh, the, the, the reasons why you thought you would be an attractive candidate to a, a, an employer in the business sector. It's, a, again, a big number, 125. Um, and it's clear how you found those people. Why do you think people said yes to a meeting with you? Sometimes listeners get ghosted. Uh, they they reach out by email or they call people and calls go unanswered, emails go unreturned. What what do you think made a difference for you? That I st- that still happened to me. And I think that people are very busy. And I tried to do you know another 
a follow-up or two, knowing that emails get lost. I think you do have to be persistent as we're all busy and we all receive far too many emails. Um, and so I think persistence is key. And then I also think that, you know, knowing when to let a contact go and move on to the next one is important and having kind of that perspective of, okay, this is a busy time for him or her, they, uh, and I need to move on to my next contact. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the generosity of folks time. And I would say as a community, I was really impressed with the people of Portland in, in being kind and generous to sit down with a stranger from the far East and, um, uh, and chat through my job search. Um, and my background, I think is interesting to some folks who are politically inclined. And I think they wanted to perhaps tell some stories, but, um, it, it was really, I was really impressed by people's generosity and willing to give 15, 20 minutes. I tried to be respectful of folks time and not kind of drag out meetings. Um, but it's the kindness of strangers, frankly. And how did you learn how to do informational interviews, Elizabeth? Capitol Hill is an informational interview um, capital. Uh, there, it is very much an industry in which you network your way to positions, um, which I feel like isn't the most perfect or equitable way to um, get a job. However, uh, a lot of hiring goes on through the informational interview or internship to full-time hire process. And so over the course of my career on Capitol Hill, I both um, asked for informational interviews and did a lot of them with college students, young people moving to DC who just wanted to talk about how it is you navigate Capitol Hill. And I would always say yes to them, um, whether it was a fellow Notre Dame alumni or some a stranger who found me on the internet, um, because I feel like it's so important to open doors to all people to be very transparent as to the path that brought me to my career. And hopefully some piece of that can be helpful to them, or I can offer them some advice as to how hopefully to spend their energies to get to the job that they, they dream of. Many job seekers track their progress during a search by counting the number of applications they sent in. And you've talked about the number of informational interviews you had. I'm, I'm curious, how many jobs did you actually apply for? I probably applied for fewer than a dozen jobs, um, which compared to the number of informational interviews is, is very skewed. Um, and I think perhaps that has to do with both my previous experience of having um, a network really le lead to a lot of my positions in Washington, D.C., uh, and not necessarily a formal application process, but then also um, just sort of waiting and the timing involved in finding a good senior level communications position in a city like Portland. Um, and so it's just a matter of kind of picking your shots and kind of going all in once you find something that you're, you're really excited about. You were very selective about the jobs you applied for, yes. weren't you? Yeah. I wanted to be intentional and um, be serious when I put an application in and then hopefully leverage my network once I had applied to, hey, do you know anyone here? And, you know, could you put in a good word? Or what do you think about this team? Or what do you think their challenges are that I should address in any interview? And so I wanted to put in 110% for those I applied for. And you were between positions when you were doing your search. Yes. So how many, so you weren't working full time. Um, during the four months or so that you were looking actively. 
how many hours a week were you spending job hunting? It was pretty much a full-time job between the informational interviews. Like you said, I did, you know, anywhere from half dozen to a dozen a week, um, sometimes four in a day. Um, and so it was a lot of logistics and planning and emailing and thank you notes. And, um, in addition to searching online for positions and applying for positions. So, I, I mean, I would say I was working at least a 40 hour work week, um, in inconsistent and sort of an ebb and flow style. Yeah, but no more than 40 hours. So some people might spend much of that time applying for positions. You spent most of it talking to others. Okay. What didn't work in your job search, Elizabeth? Great question. Some of the conversations I had, I perhaps should have kind of declined the connection, but I was in a, I will accept every connection offered to me. And so there were some perhaps informational interviews that I should have declined to both respect my time and theirs, but I felt an obligation to follow through on every connection that was made for me. Um, And there were some days that, frankly, I think the lack of open positions, um, became frustrating because there 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 wasn't a lot on my radar. And when folks asked, oh, well, what have you applied for? And I would say, well, nothing in the past week, but I'm open to these types of positions. So part of that's out of your control, but I think it's sort of the um, the unknown of not having those, those positions on the radar and feeling kind of ill-equipped when you go into an informational interview and being specific about what you're throwing your hat in the ring for. What's your number one job hunting tip? Build relationships. I think that my case is quite extreme when it comes to the number of informational interviews, but I feel really good about the relationships I built here in Portland, not only from a professional standpoint, um, but kind of friends and additional community. And I look forward to hopefully crossing paths with a lot of the people who I met with throughout my career here. Thank you for sharing your story, Elizabeth. To learn more about Elizabeth's job search, visit maxlist.org slash stories. And check out the MaxList website for dozens of other success stories. On the second Friday of every month, we add a new interview with a MaxList reader who has found a dream job. Again, go to maxlist.org slash stories. In the meantime, thank you for listening to today's bonus episode of Find Your Dream Job.